Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number seven. Welcome to the show, guys. I am so excited to share today's interview with you today. I invited Corey Woodard onto the show today to share with us her journey so far of building a successful freelance business while in college and we dig into tons of really awesome topics today such as our thoughts on work-life balance, why we think there are no rules when it comes to successfully blogging and also some of our thoughts on copycat culture online. Corey is a designer and a blogger and I love her blog and her work and I was so excited to have her on the show so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Corey. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for making time to come on today. Um, for anyone who doesn't know you or they do know you, do you want to share a little bit about who you are and what you do and just your story so far with everyone listening? Absolutely. Okay, so I am Corey. <laughs> I am the only person behind my brand and blog that's my own name, Corey Woodard. Um, I am primarily a designer, but also a full-time blogger, I guess you would say, um, my little bit of my story. So um, as I was telling you before we got started, I started blogging and designing in college. Um, I think it was about my sophomore or junior year, and I don't know what it was, but I just wanted to start a blog. I think it was because I was working with an online magazine, and I was really finally seeing the really awesome blogs that were online, and I was like, I want to do this too. So I started, and I was blogging about the most random things, Um, and then I was doing design for the magazine, which, um, ended, uh, July of that summer. I think it was 2012. And then I ended up starting trying to get into where I am now. Um, and I guess I've just been building my blog and business since then. Yeah. (laughs) So you started your, cause we're the same age, we're both 23 and you started your freelance business. Was it in your final year of college? Um, no, it was, oh gosh, 2000, I guess I would have been a sophomore in college. Sophomore is the second to last, is that the second to last year? I'm. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> it's the, it's the second year. And then if it, it might, it might've been my junior. I don't think it was my junior. I think it was my sophomore. Junior is the third year and then senior is fourth year. I know that's different. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know back then when you started it, that that, that, that was what you wanted to do full time when you graduated? Um, when I was starting my blog, I was probably primarily reading two blogs. One was Inspired to Share. I don't think she blogs anymore. And then Brianna Rose. And everyone knows her. And I was I was really digging through all of her archives and her like what she was writing at that time. And I realized that that's what she did. She graduated college and immediately started freelancing. And I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. I think I might want to do that. And it's it felt like the more I was doing work for the magazine. And then when I slowly started doing work for myself later that year, and then in 2013, I was like, I can do this. And it didn't appeal to me at all to work at like an agency because I was like, I'm just going to have to follow someone else's rules. I don't really want to do that. That's not my thing. So I just kind of kept building my client base and then went for it, even though I think I had professors and peers who didn't really know if it was possible to actually 
do that and be successful, but I think I'm proving them that it is. <laughs> so when you graduated, was it in a place where it, it could be like a full-time job or did you have to hustle a lot after graduation to kind of like, what was the transition period into getting it into something that you knew like, oh, this is successful, this is going to work for me? Um, when I graduated, I definitely wasn't making enough money where if I was living, still living in my apartment, it would have been enough to just make it happen with that. Luckily, um, my husband joined the Navy, Navy and left for boot camp the same month that I graduated college. So like 20 days after I graduated, I was moving back home and I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to buy groceries, nothing like that. So it was really the, um, and this was just last year. So May through December, I really like worked to make that happen. And I saved up money. So um, when we got to the situation where we are now, where we're living in a house together, paying bills, being grownups, <laughs> it is um, to the point to where it is like a full-time job. And I, I still hustle a little bit. I feel like I do. Like sometimes if I see someone in a Facebook group say, hey, I need some work done, I'll be like, hey, I'm out here. I'm, I might be able to do it for you. But I, the just building it up over the last three years, it's kind of gotten to the point where I don't have to, just thankfully for referrals and um, people will see my stuff like on Pinterest or whatever. So yeah. I love that. Your story's actually really, really similar to mine. I graduated from university and then me and my boyfriend moved back to live with my parents. And, you know, um, and then now we're moving out super soon because I've got we've got we've got my business to where it needs to be. And I think, um, do you some does anyone ever say to you, Wow, you're you're only twenty three, how did you do this? Does anyone ever comment on your age and how you've done this so young? Um, I think not really. I guess I don't really put it up. I mean, I make it obvious in my interviews, but no one really says anything. Um, I think more it's my peers who I graduated with, I would say, that also wanted, they knew they wanted to do the same thing because everyone, when I graduated, kind of knew what I was doing. They knew I was online putting myself out there. Um, and I think it's just that people are surprised that you can make it happen. I just think a lot of people don't realize how much work you have to put into doing it to like say, hey, I'm going to do this. It's not like just doing that. You have to be like, hey, I'm going to do this. And if I have to work 15 hour days when I'm getting started, that's what I'm going to do to make it happen. Definitely. It's like a, it's a it's a it's not just committing your work day. It's committing your whole life. I feel, you know, like it's it breathes. It really breathes into everything that you do. And yeah, it's a huge commitment. And I so, so you mentioned your online presence and I know it's uh, has your online presence played a really huge part in the growth of your business? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My very first blog design that I did in December um, of 2012, I actually just started following and I tell everyone to do this. I started following the hashtag blog design on Twitter. Like I added it to my tweet deck situation, whatever. <laughs> um and I saw someone say, hey, I need a blog design. And I was just getting started. I was like, hey, I can do that for like $50. And at the same time, I was giving one away on my blog. So those were um, my very first like experiences with it. And I would say definitely I've grown the blog and I've grown the t like the Twitter. I was still, I would say even last year, sometimes I was responding to people saying, hey, I can do this. Um and the online presence, like, you just have to be out there and doing it. And that's what I was trying to do. I was like, I knew, I know if I want to make it happen, if I want to do this, I can't just sit on my hands and expect people to find me 
just tweeting about what I'm having for lunch and where I'm shopping the, that day. I mean, um, and then similarly, like Pinterest, it's, I've grown my blog and I post about, um, like my blog design projects as they start and as they finish. And it's just about putting them out there and then hoping that people will see them from other people repinning and whatnot. So yeah, I would definitely say that it started from being online and it's really grown from being online too. Did your, cause so your blog and your business, do they work very hand in hand now with how you approach them? Um, I would say yes, but I try to, let me think about that. Um, I try to post on my blog, not just like my projects or whatever. I try to post for people who may want to work with me, but I also try to sneak in like, life posts, like what I'm doing and stuff like that. But um, it's still a full-time job. I still put a lot of time into the blog to try to gear it back to the business. So when I'm posting, like today I posted um, a mood board and at the very bottom it was like, hey, I'm currently booking for June and July or July and August. If you want to do something like this with me, just reach out and let's chat. Definitely. We were laughing earlier because I was telling you I'm, I'm trying to find a, a way to do that in the post that doesn't kind of like it's 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 important to use the blog can be an awesome tool for a business and I also think like you said with the personal posts I, I love reading every post on your blog but your personal posts are my favorite ones to read <laughs> no yeah and I and but do you I personally think that those must also help you connect with possible clients too because then they know the person who they're going to be working with oh absolutely yeah it's like I'm not just a robot back here cranking out content I'm not a nobody like I still like uh, still struggle with stuff. I, I've talked in several of my personal posts about, hey, we live in this house and the majority of it isn't decorated. Like we don't have a dining room table. And then sometimes it's like, this is what's going on with our dog this week. Or, hey, literally I've been just binge watching shows on Netflix <laughs> or reading a ton. It's, I think it's a really good way to show not only like clients, but other people who are in the industry or want to get into the industry, just this is who I am. And this, like, if you try to remember that there's life outside of business and, and blogging as well, um, you can still create a life that is like that. Like, hey, I'm hanging out today, binge watching Orange is the New Black, whatever. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. So, so I guess with running, going straight from college into running your own business and working really hard to build it here, kind of what, how have you found, have you, have you found the elusive work-life balance? Well, how would you kind of, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I would say yes, that I have. Uh, basically when I noticed a lot of people like Brianna Rose talking about I was building this business where I was working over 80 hours a week and that's not healthy and I was like I saw my own mom doing that in her like nine to five job basically and I was like that's not a life I want I especially with my husband being in the military like you don't necessarily get a ton of time when you're in that kind of situation together so I knew from probably about a year in that it was important to do that. So I started one day, I was like, I can't do this on the weekend anymore. And while you're in school and it's your side hustle, it's kind of hard to say that and then do it. But when you're 
trying to create that balance, I think it's really important to say, no, I'm not responding to your email after 5 p.m. and I'm not going to respond or work on your project this weekend. And I think doing that has really, really helped me create the balance. I still will find myself checking my emails at like 5.30 or even 9.30 at night. Even on the weekend, I pop in to see what's coming in. But um, I don't respond. And then I try to prioritize doing things outside of the blog and business on the weekend or at night. So we have been watching um, Justified. I don't know if you're familiar with that I don't know if we have that over here, but I think I've heard people talk about it. Mm -hmm. We've been watching that. And then I spend a lot of time reading and then just walking with um, our puppy every morning. So it's really about setting the boundaries. I think a lot of people struggle with saying, but my clients need me and I need to respond at 8 p.m. But it's like, but if you start, even if you just start now and say, I'm not going to be able to respond anymore because I'm trying to create this boundary so I have more time in my personal life. Um, you'd be surprised. Most people understand because they want the same balance that you're trying to create. Yeah, I think I think I've, I think I got stuck in the mindset where I was really believing that you know the only way to do this is to work ridiculously hard and I really believe I don't know whether you went through this but I kind of felt like I have to pay my dues and I have to have you know these 15 hour days and checking my inbox and you know I I really wanted to really work hard and embrace how much hard work this was going to be but like you said I have a like a boyfriend and friends and a life and books that I want to read and it's really I think you have to consciously make that choice to to at least find some balance if balance isn't the right word to use at least like give your life your time too because what's the point in working for yourself and building this awesome life if you're not living it so I am learning to give myself rest exactly yeah I like that I like that phrase you have to like live the life that you're building like that's I actually posted about that on Instagram here recently, like peace out to business and to the blog. And I'm going to live the life like that I'm trying to create because well, exactly like you just said, if I just spend so much time working on it, what's the point? I'm not going to enjoy it because I'm just going to be working all the time. I think what I struggled with, you know, like you said, like Brianna Rose and all these women who I love to follow online. And they had this realization like years into their business and I was like, I'm just starting out. I don't I don't have the right to be, you know, embracing rest so early on. And I feel like, no, that's rubbish. Like that's that's rubbish because I know I can serve my clients and my business best if I've rested. And if I've embraced outside like things that I love that aren't just my job, you know? So yeah, so I'm learning sometimes we just I just tell myself these rules that aren't rules. And this actually leads me on to my next question because one of my favorite things that you do online is your newsletter. I it's fantastic. It's so it's so authentic. Do you is that intentional how how like cuz you get quite vulnerable in your newsletter. Do you do that quite intentionally or is that just not like do you mean to do that or is that just what happens with it? I think a little bit of both. Um, when I started, I started my newsletter about a year after I started blogging because that was the thing. Everyone was saying, have a newsletter right now. You're not going to be successful if you don't have an email list. And it kind of struggled. And then around August, I would say of last year, I was like, I, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. I don't feel like I'm putting substance into this letter. And why would I want to subscribe if I'm not getting something like meaningful out of it? So I realized that if I'm not necessarily comfortable putting it all out there on the blog or on social media, I can really be vulnerable 
and explain my, like the back end of my situation, maybe more through the newsletter and say like, um, a couple months ago, I think I really opened up about brand catalyst and e-course I launched in December being a total failure. And it's funny because it's really hard to send those kind of things and say those things so publicly, but the benefit is the connections and relationships you build with the people on your list when they say, oh my gosh, I'm going through the same exact thing and I felt like no one else was out there. And that's something else that um, another reason that I want to be so vulnerable in the letters because when specifically when that failed, I was like, no one else fails. Like this person and that person are launching their books and their e-courses and they're probably selling like millions and I felt super, super alone. And then I was like, wait a second. No, don't, no one's just talking about it. Because I literally was like, I'm never going to talk about Brand Catalyst again. And no one's going to know that it was a total failure. But then it was like, what? There's no use in that. No one's learning as well with me that they're not alone and that it's okay to fail. And um, so that's kind of my mindset with every single thing. Um, even I think, a, about a month ago, I talked about a total catastrophe that happened on our, um, bedspread. I don't know if you read that email, but I was like, I totally spilled my drink while trying to take this Instagram picture. And then like a little bit later, our puppy peed on the bedspread no, I do. and we had to wash it in the bathtub because it was a down comforter. But it was like that, the overview of that was like, Life isn't perfect. We try. We all try to make it seem this like perfect thing in our four by four squares or whatever on Instagram, but it's totally not like that. And that's okay. <laughs> like embrace that it's not perfect, and just you just have to laugh at life sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I when you sent out the the brand catalyst when you it was I sat there and I read it and just exactly what you said. No one talks about everyone who launches a product. If they talk about it, it's because they had this huge launch and no one was talking about it not going so well and I was I think I was in the process of finishing up my first digital product and that feeling of failure was really holding me back from finishing it up to be honest that fear and reading you be so honest and I remember I wanted to reply to it but sometimes I'm awful with crafting a reply to people (laughs) but I was like wow I was like you've just opened up so much about that and more than that you've you learned from it and you took away from it and you you broke the stigma of like it's really okay if your product doesn't launch how you intend it to be because ultimately it's all just one huge experiment anyway that's what I think exactly yeah did you I bet did you do you think you learn more from that from it failing well not from it not going as planned as to if it did go as planned um Definitely because I launched, so I launched that and I had just been doing a few blog posts on my blog where I was uh, every couple weeks or something and I was saying, hey, sign up now, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then no one signed up and I was like, okay, so what did I do wrong? Well, I didn't really market it right. Um, I had this price point, but did I really explain why I was like, who am I to teach that stuff? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, why you have to really be honest with yourself and dive in like why is this wrong is it because it's too expensive is it because it's not expensive enough because sometimes like that weirdly is a problem and then so I like just an example with this craftier brand ebook that I'm launching I was like okay well brand catalyst didn't work because I didn't market it enough like plain and simple 
I have an awesome blog and amazing readers, but no one really, I mean, people cared, but obviously not enough. So it was like, let me reach out to other people and other blogs and post stuff on their site. So maybe their readers will see it too. And I'm really not only putting it out there and marketing it, but I'm explaining, hey, I actually know my stuff. <laughs> yeah, which is the the key, I think. That's that's like kind of, yeah, it's like she, people need to know why. Why why should I buy your thing, Corey? What do you know? And it's showing yeah. people <laughs> what you know and it's like building that trust with them, isn't it? And that's, that's awesome that you learn so much from the first experience. Yeah, and it's, one. it's really like, sometimes you just have to let it be a failure and sulk in it for a while because that's exactly what I did. I literally, like my parents knew, my husband knew what I was doing. And, um, I think a couple other people knew, but then when it failed, they were the, my husband and my family were the only people that knew that it failed. And I was like, no one's going to know if I put online that I failed, everyone's going to think that I'm a fraud, that I don't really know what I'm talking about. And, uh, yuck like who wants to live like that <laughs> yeah so that's, and yeah <laughs> I think when you run your own business as well you have to you have to be able to go to those places and really take take a tiny step back and objectively look at your process and and I'm really learning that like at some point in in the week I always have to have a moment where I detach my ego from my assessment of that week and kind of um yeah uh, that having been able to be vulnerable enough even with yourself and just be like okay this didn't work but that's okay that doesn't define my ability that doesn't define exactly yeah it doesn't define it doesn't define who you are or your services or what you know like it just means maybe people couldn't afford it right now or maybe people weren't interested right now like my dad actually brought up a really great point he was like you're launching it and it's literally Christmas time. Like no one has extra money to spend on something else when they just want to buy presents for everyone. I was like, I didn't even think of that. You are totally right. Like, so yeah, sometimes you really have to say, this says nothing about me as a person or what I know or what I do and take a look and say, what happened? Like, why didn't this work out? And that's how you grow. And that's how you, I learned so much more from the times when it didn't quite go well you know because I'm just like I can really dig into that I can really figure something out in that when things go really well sometimes it's hard to always find the lesson in it apart from this that life sometimes just works even though you sometimes life goes well even though when you don't do anything to make it go well you know mm -hmm. yeah and when stuff goes well you don't even care about what you could have done more you're just like hey a hundred people just did whatever I wanted them to do you're like that's a hundred people. I don't care about everyone else. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's hard. So I I try not a crit I don't like to criticize myself, but being open to and knowing that I can improve, and just being able to just a tiny bit detach because we can't completely detach our ego. But I feel like detaching it a little bit especially with someone you trust like, I don't know with you but with me and my boyfriend he's the person who I can be like yeah this didn't go too well today <laughs> and and I can he might then be like that's okay that's he sometimes will try and be like well it went okay yesterday <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah sometimes you just need that person as well I think who can kind of just you can tell your your horriblest failures too and they look back at you and they're like that's okay <laughs> 
yeah, that's my husband. Like every single, I wouldn't say every single day, but maybe once a week or once every other week, I'm like, today was awful. Like this client was not happy and I have no idea why. And he'll, he'll either just accept it and just take me venting, which I think sometimes that's just what we need is someone to just let it all out to. Um, or sometimes, like you said, he'll be like, and that's okay. You have all these other clients who think you rock. So don't even let that one person bother you. <laughs> yeah, it's having someone to be realistic with you and also build you up when you need it. You need, that balance is good. And the reason I, the main reason I brought up your mail list is because you recently sent one out about the rules when you're a blogger. And, and I loved it. You tweeted about it the day before, I think. And I got, I got really excited. I was like, I'm going to look out all day because, because this is something I've been thinking about so much recently. And for anyone who's not on your list, I guess, do you want to kind of first just share what you, what you were saying in this email? Because I thought it was really interesting. Absolutely. So I guess um, that was a couple weeks ago. So bear with me. <laughs> but um, I think the main point I was trying to make was, hey, there are a lot of people posting blog posts and newsletters and et cetera, wherever in the world, um, that you have to do this and this and this, that exact way to be successful. You have to blog five times or seven times a week. You have to post it on social media so many times. You have to have an email list and you have to send to your email list, blah, blah, blah. Even I do it. And, um, Though that doesn't mean anything. Like you don't have to follow those rules to be successful. That's kind of like um, even just going back to our story from graduating and kind of diving into this freelance world. Most of my professors were saying, "No, you have to get an agency job and work there to be successful." And it's like, no, that that rule is so traditional and it doesn't define me. And that goes exactly the same into what we do online. A lot of people say. Your, um, like I was saying, your blog has to have this many posts, new posts per week and whatever. And that, that doesn't have to be true to be successful. I know, um, like you and Mariah from Femtrepreneur, <laughs> I hope I said that right. You guys don't blog five or seven times a week, but you're still super successful. Like the rules don't matter. <laughs> I actually think when you break the rules is when the good stuff because if you're just, I, I, I kind of preached, not preached, I kind of didn't run. I went on about this in a post on my blog recently because it was kind of like, if we're all following the same rules, we're all just going to become clones of each other. Exactly. And the, and the really exciting thing is, is when you experiment and you kind of then build your own rules and... I don't know. I, I, yeah, I really feel like rules can, rules can be insightful if they can show you a possibility that you then um, adapt to your own needs. Mm-hmm. But if they're just stifling you, if it's just like improve your SEO, start, start a mailing list, you know, have, have post this amount of times a week, start every post with this end every post with this. It's, it's like, well, your blog's going to have no personality. Your online presence is going to ha- not really be, have your focus. It's just, a set rule and it makes me uncomfortable and I feel like but do you feel like a lot of people go to them rules because it kind of looks like there might just be a one set way to do this whereas the reality is there's really everyone's even though me and you are a really similar age and we've kind of you know went straight out of college and did this do you not feel like it still was different for us everyone's path is really really different oh absolutely and I definitely feel like um People follow the those rules. I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, 
because they think that that's the way they have to do it or that's the only way they'll be successful. I know a lot of people, um, so a lot of people have email lists. What, why have an email list if you're not going to write to them? You know, same as how I was doing. I had an email list and I wasn't giving them anything of substance. What's the point? Um, and kind of like what you were saying, I feel like you have to break the, you might fall. Okay. So you might follow the rules for a little bit and you're like, this sucks and I hate this. Okay. So stop doing it and figure out what works for you. That's what I used to tell a lot of my, um, coaching clients when I still did that. Um, if blogging five times a week doesn't work for you, blog once a week, blog twice a week. If having five clients doesn't work for you and you have so much time on your hand that for some reason you want more than that and maybe like 10 or 15 clients, go for it. Like just because so-and-so online who has 200,000 Twitter followers said that you have to do it this way, that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. And the thing that I talked about in the newsletter was, look, even I do this. Even I, like here recently, I wrote a post on how you can promote your blog posts on social media. And it's like, only share on Twitter one to two times a day, or you're going to be really annoying to all your followers. Like, who cares if that doesn't work for you? If you have 500 million followers, like obviously tweet more times. I really don't care. But I think the for me, I post that stuff to be like, hey, here are some ways that it's really worked for me and you should try this out, but you should also try it out and see how it works for you. Because like you were saying, if you write every single blog post in a certain style, eventually you're going to burn out because it's not fun to follow the rules. It's like in school, no, I don't want to color in the lines. Let me have fun and scribble all over the page right now. (laughs) I think also like it's really counterproductive because most of us choose to become freelancers or entrepreneurs because we don't want rules. I personally, Mm -hmm. the free and freelancer is in terms of things like freedom because that's why I chose this path in my life for like lots of different reasons but it's the freedom of it and why would we then be constrained by rules if we're choosing a life of freedom and choice and complete creative freedom why are we putting all these rules on ourselves because exactly yeah L- um, Lisa sorry to interrupt you no, go <laughs> Lisa of LMB I think it was her that posted um, a couple months back that said something about you don't have to follow the the rules of having a nine to five yeah and um, something that that post really spoke true to me because it's like you don't have to start work at nine and end work at five you don't have to take a 30 minute lunch break and eat your whatever at your desk. So it's like, break the rules if you want to. For me, sometimes I get started at 8 and sometimes I'm done at 4, even if I started at 9 or 10 in the morning. Sometimes I take an hour or two hours for lunch if I don't have a whole lot of work that day. I might go on a Target run in the middle of the day knowing that I'm going to be gone for like an hour because it's Target. Like, it's okay to break those rules and especially when it's like, when you're building your own business and like defining your own, like how you work and how work comes into your life. It's like, it's kind of, it goes back to balance. If you want to work on the weekend, work on the weekend, girlfriend. I get it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Definitely. I, I love um, Lisa's blog and I, um, I could, the really funny thing is, is that me and you both pretty much went into freelancing straight out of university for me and college view. And the, apart from some work placements that I did during my degree, I've never worked in the traditional, you know, I've had like retail jobs and work placements, but I've never had an office job. So the, it's crazy that, I try and fit my 
business around a routine that I never had in the first place, apart from school. And so, and it's just these, and I feel like, well, if I'm not at least working an eight and a half a day, I'm not really working. And it's like, you know what, some days, very rarely, but some days I can get it all done in four four hours. And then I'm going to go outside if it's sunny and enjoy the day. Or... If I'm having a terrible day, I will take the afternoon off and make up the time another day because it's my prerogative. And as long as, you know, I'm meeting all my commitments, I can do that. And so I, I, I um, my boyfriend likes to tell me that I have issues with authority. So maybe I naturally am inclined <laughs> to break the rules, but I, I quite comfortably will just do what I want. But then sometimes these weird self-beliefs I don't know where they've come from of just like I should be working this amount of hours or you know I should be getting up early every day or having my lunch at half 12 like everybody else does yes exactly and I'm kind of the same way like with work and it's something that I've I've preached in my newsletter probably too many times if you just are having a funky day just take the day off it's okay to do that and for me my work here lately I get up at like 6 or 6 30 in the morning it just naturally happens now I hate it but that usually means that I'm starting work maybe by 7 30 or 8 even if I don't mean to you know you kind of get on the computer and you're like I'll just read a few blog posts and then you're reading your emails and then you're writing emails and then you're doing client work and it's not even whatever time you start and it's half at. eight and you've ticked off half your to-do list and you meant to have a slow morning <laughs> yeah yeah so and then when those times happen okay so I'll just schedule the email put a little reminder on my phone or on my computer to upload whoever's work whenever it needs to be uploaded and then I'll just turn on something I want to watch on tv or grab my kindle and read a book like it's okay you don't have to even if people say you have to fill the whole eight or nine hours with work sometimes you just can't or sometimes you don't want to or you just don't feel like it it's goes back to the rules like you just don't have to follow them to be successful (laughs) definitely definitely I love that and the the one the last things I wanted to pick your brain about today because obviously you are a designer by trade and this is something I know nothing about and um I don't know if much my audience knows about it so I guess for bloggers entrepreneurs and small business owners what would be the biggest advice you would have to give to them if they're kind of loss when it comes to their design and their branding and their whole approach, that kind of stuff? The most important thing I would say, if you are just feeling a huge disconnect from your brand is to go back to basics and think about why you're doing what you're doing. Um, that gets to the root of like the, the other side of branding. Cause there's like that side and then there's design. And I think when you think about like, why am I even doing this? Because sometimes you have days where, like I was saying, you just don't feel like working. But when you go back and think about what's my story? Like, how did, why, how did I get to this point? Why am I at this point? Why am I doing it? And slowly you start to think about things that you never even considered. For me, I thought about how Um, my parents' work life affected how I work now and how I strive to get a lot done and to save money and not spend it all at Target, even though sometimes I think I actually could. Um, And then it, it not only defines so why you're working, but who you're helping or who you're writing your blog post to and how you can help them. It I think it's really like if there's one question that you ever, ever thought about and you never even considered anything else with that side of branding, it would be what is your why and like what's your story? Those are kind of the same 
question, I think, if you loop them together. So if anyone is struggling with their brand, I would say go back to basics and think about that. I love that. That's uh, that. It's crazy because the work I do, that's the first thing I ask someone to do too. So it's interesting how the visual and the 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 strategy behind the words are kind of all aligned in terms of getting the right fit. And then when it comes to design, I guess, um, for someone who is, say someone who's listening and they they just have no clue where to start, whether they should DIY it, whether they should hire a designer, whether they should wait until they know their brand a little bit more. What would you kind of say to that person who's feeling a little lost with the actual design of it? Okay, with the actual design of it, you should definitely hire me to do everything. LOL, just kidding. (laughs) So um, I think it depends on where you are, like in your journey of blogging or with your business. Um, If you're just starting out, I totally think it's cool to just DIY things and kind of explore. I know like me personally and a lot of people within their blogs and businesses, when you're just getting started, you have to, you have to play around and DIY things um, to kind of figure out what style speaks to you most. So I would say DIY. Okay. That's if you're kind of within the first year or two years, even if you just don't even know what you like. When you're kind of into it a little bit and you're ready to say, hey, I want to up-level my brand, if it's your blog or your business, that's when I would kind of start exploring hiring someone else because usually they can get you to that point to where it'll grow your business or grow your blog in a way that you can't just do through your blog post. So it'll make you think about things. If you hire a branding expert that maybe you wouldn't have considered that would help your blog post or like for businesses, get a really professional website that will have clients being like, here's my money, just take it all. I think with the site as well, like I, I imagine if someone invests in a designer, the I'm it's the uniqueness of the site as well. Because I, I for example, I'm on Squarespace and I, I love Squarespace for people like me who are, you know, building a business on a budget or want to do it themselves. But the tricky thing with something like Squarespace is that I'm finding is like, it's really easy for someone to replicate your site. It's like, yes. you know, and I, so I imagine when you hire a designer and a brand, a branding person, branding expert, they can really build you something that is people, especially because you code your sites from scratch, don't you? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, people can't completely copy that, I imagine, as much as they can do with kind of like, yeah, I imagine when someone invests in it, they can get something that's really unique to them as well, which I think is, once you know your business inside and out, a little bit more I guess that's what people would would want to invest in those kind of services yeah you want to have something I always tell my clients you want to have a design that not only speaks to your business but if you are the sole person behind your brand kind of like we are then you want to have something that speaks to your personality too so you don't want just this cookie cutter super professional website whatever that anyone else can create you want something that's like hey this is my personality like sneaking out for me it's like everything is teal teal is my favorite color I'm kind of <laughs> it's, quirky. In, your bio. it's <laughs> yeah. in your bio I love it <laughs> um it's like I'm kind of quirky when I talk so I kind of write like that you know it's you just have to mold the two and I think that's another way to create that unique experience for your blog readers or your clients or customers um in a way that no matter what no one else can like recreate that because yeah they can copy your design and they may try to talk like you or even copy and paste your posts like whoa girlfriend if you're doing that you need to stop right now just PSA 
Um, but if you have your personality shining through, it doesn't matter because they'll never be able to recreate that. I lo- this is not a topic I thought I probably want to dig into, but I've been thinking a lot often how, especially especially those of us who are working creatives and we're quite active online, I feel like there is maybe out there an honest conversation to be have had about copycat culture maybe you know in terms of design and content and that's probably not a conversation for today but I would be curious for anyone listening who wanted to tweet us or leave us a comment because I um like with copycat culture like you said then like people just copying and pasting content and saying things it's like it's a we all kind of the professional ones of us kind of don't um we don't acknowledge it too much because what's the point? It's a waste of energy. But I'm curious to how, I'm sure you, have you come across it? And not just for yourself, but just for lots of people who kind of, do you, do you see copycat culture or is it just me who sees oh it? Oh my gosh, I definitely see it. Actually, in the last two weeks, I've seen a fellow designer who copied an old, old logo that I found online by accident. And I was like, whoa, this looks like this person's recent work. And even when you just dig into like the blog world and when you really expand, because I know for me, I kind of get stuck in these like five or six blogs that post regularly that I follow. But if you get out of that, sometimes you're like, whoa, this person's graphic looks exactly like that person's and now their logo looks the same and okay I'm gonna click away from here because I'm not about that life (laughs) definitely and I think we've all got too much class to either ever be a part of it of course but engage with it but I've been thinking so much recently how like are we all not talking about it and is that doing damage? The fact that we're not talking about it because if we see, I've seen sites of friends of mine and it's just straight up copies of their sites and I click off like you said because it's like oh I don't I don't even want to think that things like that exist but I wonder if as a community if there's a conversation to be had about it it's just what I wonder because I feel like no no one really knows how to deal with the whole copycat situation and we all know rise above you know imitation is the whatever flattery it's, and it's the it's the sincerest form of flattery I hate that I hate that because if somebody copies me I'm not flattered I'm like get it away like don't do that anymore because I don't like that <laughs> and there's quite an emotion like like I personally like um I've been on the receiving end of it I'm sure you have and it can actually quite emotionally mess with your with your mind because if so if you feel like someone's taking something that you've worked really hard to build it can really be quite um, hard to deal with. And, and so, yeah, I'm just, I just, I really hope that in the future we all feel maybe a bit more confident or a bit more open to have honest conversations about it because I would, it's like when you see, if you see something online that you know is it co- imitated from someone you know, you no one, you don't really want to even say to that person, hey, I've seen this, It's you know? And so, yeah, maybe it's not, maybe it's a deeper conversation for another day, but I would be curious to just see what people had to say about it I didn't think we'd talk about this today but it's, it's nice to know that yours as a uh, you see it other people see oh, yeah. it you know oh yeah I think <laughs> we all just need to come out and definitely start talking about it because I think if you if we all start talking about ways to not do that and how to cultivate your own unique brand then maybe it'll not like it'll slow down how often we see it because I think that I think that's the difficult thing I don't want to dive into it like you said too much but it's really about sometimes you just have to shut off. Like maybe you're reading one person's blog every single day and you're really getting into it and you don't even know it, but you're like copying the way they write or there are certain kind of graphics because you like it. Even I have been in Photoshop and be like, 
why am I creating this? It's because I like someone else. It this is not me. I no. And I think it's really about opening your like expanding your horizons, viewing as many different things as you can, not getting stuck on one specific person. And I definitely think it should be a topic we all just say out loud and say, this is not okay. And this is how you don't have to do that and actually end up being more successful than if you're just copying someone else. I feel like maybe people go to copying because it feels like the safer option, but it's actually not. The safer option is to, you know, really be brave enough to do something a bit different. Yeah. And even if you struggle and fail, just try something new. It's it's kind of like your whole business and your whole blog is just one big experimentation. So you have to just keep trying and maybe keep failing a couple times to figure out what works for you and what works for you best because just copying someone else is not, that's not the thing that's going to work. Yeah. And there's, and I think like uh, everyone has something, it, maybe people don't realize how they have uh, their own ability to do something really awesome. And I think, um, like you said, I, I try and consume quite a lot outside of my industry as well, like outside of art, because I feel like it, you're right. If you, if you get really obsessed with a blog, like if you really love it, you start to think that, you know that's the way to do it and you get really influenced by them and it's hard not to go through that but and I especially think people in the very beginning of their journeys it's kind of it's it's a path almost everyone takes because you're finding your that's why I don't believe in overnight success because you need that like puberty stage in your business (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. to be really awkward and spotty and you know those kind of things but you have to you have to have that but no so I guess what we're both probably trying to say is yeah honest conversations about it which I'd be curious to know what people think and also kind of give yourself permission to to admit that you're being influenced by other people if you are and then do everything you can to not let yourself be because that's how you stand out online and that's how you do that's how you do something amazing so yeah no I I loved hearing your thoughts on that Corey that was really interesting and so um I know we're going to wrap up soon and I have two questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show and the first one is for everyone listening who and they're working really hard to make big things happen themselves what would the biggest piece of advice that you would give to them um keep doing and keep creating Uh, When you're just getting started, even if you don't realize it, you're making really awful work. Your designs are really terrible. Like, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling all of the listeners right now this. Your designs are probably really terrible right now. Mine are probably really terrible right now compared to where I'll be in like a couple years, where you'll be in a couple years, how you write might be not on point, but like even even though you love it cuz I love where I am right now but I know that it'll be different in like a year but so you have to keep going you have to keep experimenting with what you're creating you have to write a whole lot you have to design a whole lot even if you're only doing stuff like if even if you're only writing in your diary or even if you're only designing random things that no one will ever see as long as you keep creating you'll keep moving forward and getting better and that's what you have to do I also have um, so you mentioned in the beginning of the recording of the episode that when you were going wanting to um, go freelance and and people were kind of telling you like not to do that and if there's people listening who have this big dream and people are telling them that that's not the safe route you need to go to an agency what would you say to those kind of people who are making things happen and, and they have some resistance against it they have people telling them no that's not how you do things yeah okay so if you are making things happen and you're super 
super confident that you can do it and this is the life for you, just do it. You kind of just have to get out there and dive deep and flail around in the water a little bit until you can find whatever reference relates to water or whatever. Um, you just have to kind of go for it, even though people say you can't or it's not the right thing to do. Um, it might work and you might be really successful and it might be something you do for the rest of your life. You might start doing it and realize that it sucks and it's not for you and you need a routine that you just can't create yourself and you want to go back to a regular job. Hey, do it, whatever. But if you are feeling like this is the path for you, definitely do it. I have been so happy that I have done this. So I would recommend it to everyone who is interested in doing it too. I love that. And the very last question is, what are you making happen right now? And how can we see what you're up to and support you along the way and get involved with you? Absolutely. Well, I'm making my business happen. <laughs> but okay, so for real, um, I'm currently working on a new ebook called Craft Your Brand. And it's the only, as far as I know, self-study guide for branding your blog. And it's going to take a look mostly at like the back end, like defining your niche and your current audience and your target audience and your why and all this cool big stuff. It'll dive a little bit into um, the design style and that kind of thing. Not too much because I don't want to give it all away, obviously. But um, that is currently on pre-order right now for $29. And you can go to blog.coreywoodard.com slash craftyourbrand to pick that up. And it'll be officially released on July 14th. That will be in the show notes as well for everyone. I'll have all of Corey's details and the link to Craft Your Brand. That sounds awesome. And uh, I guess one strange question that I've never asked before, but the summer's coming up. So what, what, are you, what are you most looking forward to this summer? What's, what's ahead for you this summer? Um, I'm most looking forward to probably two things, 4th of July to have another couple days off with my husband because he doesn't get a lot of time off from school. So he'll have four whole days off that weekend. Yay. <laughs> and then, um, we, so we have a almost seven month old puppy right now, I think. Um, and we're really excited to try to get her to the beach and see how she'll respond to that. So that's really exciting. I think those are the two big things that I'm looking forward to this summer. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for making time to come on today, Corey. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. And there it is. Episode number seven of the Make It Happen podcast. You can find all of Corey's links and everything else we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes over at jennyperr.co.uk slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left the show a rating and a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to share your thoughts on the topics we discussed today, make sure you get in touch via Twitter as I would love to hear what you think. I'm at jennyperrblog and Corey is at Corey May. As always, you can dig into even more purposeful and practical content for creatives over on jennyperr.co.uk.